The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss the 1963 season of Sherm Lewis, Michigan State Spartans. When you think of the Sparty greats, who comes to mind? What comes to mind? Well, Michigan State's first football season was in 1896, and the program has certainly produced great teams, epic games, iconic players, and iconic coaches. Six national championship teams, one legendary tie in the game of the century in players like George Webster, who was named a starting safety on Sports Illustrated's all-century team. Offensive lineman Ed Bangden, who was the 1949 Outland Award winner. Defensive end Bubba Smith, the 1966 UPI Lineman of the Year. There was John Hanna, who was dubbed by Sports Illustrated as the greatest offensive lineman of all time. Running back Lorenzo White, who in 1985 became the first Big Ten player to rush for over 2,000 yards. There was linebacker Percy Snow, MVP of the 1988 Rose Bowl and a Butkus Award winner. Wide receiver Charles Rogers, who was the 2002 Blitnikoff Award winner. And there were coaches, iconic coaches, like Biggie Mum, who in 1951 and 1952 posted back-to-back, undefeated, untied seasons, national championships, consecutive. He posted a 28-game winning streak. There was the iconic Duffy Darty, who in 1965 and 1966, his teams posted a 19-1-1 record, won consecutive national championships, and it is Duffy Darty who is renowned for his efforts to integrate college football in the 1960s. But for all these noteworthy Spartan greats, it is the feats of Sherman Lewis in 1963 that is unparalleled in Spartan history, and dare I say, in college football history. This is the story of the 1963 season of Sherm Lewis, Michigan State Spartans. Sherm Lewis arrived in East Lansing in 1961. His coach was Duffy Darty. In 1961, as a halfback, Lewis led the Big Ten, averaging 6.2 yards per carry. Michigan State that year finished number eight in the final AP poll. In 1962, Michigan's record fell to five and four, but Lewis was third in the Big Ten in rushing and third in rushing touchdowns. So entering the 1963 season, Michigan State had high hopes for a rebound season. The Rose Bowl was on their mind. In the 1963 season, Lewis played halfback, defensive back. He fielded punts. He fielded kickoff returns. See, Coach Darty recognized Lewis as a special player. So he kept the senior on the field. What do I mean by this? In 1963, Sherm Lewis averaged 58.5 minutes per game. I'll say that again, 58.5 minutes per game. An absolute workhorse. 
Sherm Lewis played halfback, defensive back, fielded punt returns, fielded kickoff returns, and that season was in the game, play in, play out. In other words, Lewis maybe took off a play, two plays, even three plays, but that's it. He was in the game, every game, throughout the 1963 season. So let's trace through that 1963 season. On September 28th, in week one, Michigan State defeated North Carolina at home in front of 60,000, 31 to nothing. In week two, against number eight Southern Cal at Southern Cal in front of over 59,000 fans, Lewis had an 88-yard receiving touchdown. But Michigan State coaches took Lewis out of the game for only two plays. The result? USC scored on both the plays and Michigan State lost 13 to 10. Entering week three, they traveled to the big house in Ann Arbor, where they faced Michigan in front of over 101,000 people. That game ended in a 7-7 tie. Week four, Michigan State defeated Indiana at home 20-3. So entering week five, they were facing number nine, Northwestern, away at Northwestern in front of over 51,000 fans. In that game, Sherm Lewis had an 84-yard return of a punt and an 87-yard rushing touchdown in the same game as Michigan State defeated Northwestern 15-7. In Week 7, Michigan State faced number 8 Wisconsin at home in front of over 71,000. In that game, Sherm Lewis had an 87-yard receiving touchdown, and Michigan State won 30-13. In Week 8, a now number 9 Michigan State team defeated Purdue 23-0, so entering week nine, Michigan State had risen to number four in the AP poll, where they faced Notre Dame. And in that game, Sherm Lewis had an 85-yard rushing touchdown. Michigan State won 12-7. The last regular game of the season, Michigan State faced number eight, Illinois. Duffy Doherty's fourth-ranked Spartans faced off against the eighth-ranked Fighting Illini. And entering that regular season finale, these two teams were tied in the Big Ten standings with identical 4-1-1 records. So the winner would advance to the 1964 Rose Bowl. On Friday, November 22, 1963, shortly after noon Central Time, 39 Illini players and seven coaches climbed aboard their charter plane. It was 24 hours prior to kickoff when President John Fitzgerald Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas. Upon their arrival to East Lansing, some 90 minutes after takeoff, they were appraised that the president had been assassinated. The game was moved to Thanksgiving Day, November 28th. What followed for Michigan State was a lethargic week of practice. The result, Illinois, led by Dick Gabakis, upset the Spartans 13 to nothing, forcing an uncharacteristic seven turnovers by the Spartans. It was the Illini that went to the 64 Rose Bowl and left Michigan State bowlless that season. The Illini went on to win the Rose Bowl to finish number three in the final AP poll. The Spartans finished number nine. So how do you summarize Sherm Lewis's 1963 season? Well, there are a couple of ways of looking at it. Sherm Lewis captured All-America's status as a senior in 1963. Who did this? The AP Press, United Press, Central Press, Football Writers, New York News, everybody. Lewis was the team's leading rusher, 577 yards. Lewis was the team's leading receiver, 11 catches, 303 yards, 27.5 yards per catch. 
Lewis was the team's leading scorer. Lewis was the team's leader on punt returns. Lewis was the team's leader on kickoff returns. Lewis was the one-man show. But there is more to consider. Lewis was on the receiving end of what was then the two longest pass plays in sport and history, an 88-yard reception against USC and an 87-yard reception against Wisconsin. Lewis also had a rushing touchdown of 87 yards against Northwestern and against Notre Dame, an 85-yard touchdown run. He averaged 58.5 minutes per game. He was the team's MVP in 1963. And in 1963, he finished third in Heisman Trophy balloting. So let's look at this another way. Look at the Michigan State statistics as we travel through the years. What do I mean by this? Sherm Lewis in 1963 has the number seven and number nine longest plays in Spartan history in rushing all the same season. Lewis in 1963 has the number three and number four longest receiving plays in Spartan history all the same season. Lewis in 1963 has the ninth longest punt return for touchdown. Again, that same season. And then the what ifs settle in. For example, what if the coaches did not take Lewis out of the USC game for the only two plays he was not in the game? Remember, USC scored on both those plays. Would Michigan State have entered the last game of the season undefeated against the Illini? What if the assassination of the president did not occur that day? Well, other than changing the fortunes of the nation, the assassination of President John F. Kennedy may have changed the fortune of Michigan State that same year. Maybe Michigan State would have gone to the Rose Bowl. The college football nation never did get to see what Sherm Lewis was able to do in the Rose Bowl, his career was suddenly over. And in terms of the 1963 season, Lewis was number four in the Big Ten in rushing, number one in the Big Ten in rushing yards per attempt, number six in the Big Ten in rushing touchdowns, number two in the Big Ten in receiving touchdowns, number one in the Big Ten in yards per scrimmage, number one in the Big Ten in points, and number two in the Big Ten in touchdowns. Sherm Lewis closed out his career number five on the school's all-time career rushing list, number three in touchdowns and number three in total points. Aftermath. Sherm Lewis, who was also a Big Ten champion sprinter, was drafted by three pro teams, but chose to play in the CFL so he could play offense. And after three years of pro ball in both the CFL and then the AFL, Lewis began a long coaching career. And so we are left with the memory of the 1963 season. So how will history remember the 1963 season of Sherm Lewis? Perhaps we should ask ourselves this question. How many players in one season, in one season, had two runs of over 80 yards, two catches of over 80 yards, one punt return of over 80 yards? History does remember Sherm Lewis this way. In 1963, Sherm Lewis had runs of 87 and 85 yards, had touchdown receptions of 88 and 87 yards and a punt return of 84 yards. Dare I say, we may never see the likes of this type of season again. This was the story of the 1963 season of Sherm Lewis. Thank you for listening to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.